Hey dads, you are listening to Abba Father Podcast, where we discuss how the Bible and theology informs and equips us as parents. We believe that the more we learn about our Heavenly Father and apply His teachings, the better it makes us as dads. Every episode, we dive into real-life parenting, we zoom out and look at God, His Word, and His actions, then zoom back in to find an application that we can use today to make us better fathers. You can find a community of dads just like you at facebook.com slash Podcast, and also rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt. I'm Brando. And I'm Cameron. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Dustin. Hello, everyone. My wife and I adopted uh, two boys from Columbia about three years ago. Uh, They're now 14 and 12, and they have been a huge blessing, and we have learned so much together as a family. Awesome. Welcome, Dustin. Um, He's bringing a unique perspective to the podcast, having adopted and older kids. So we're so excited to hear his story. About a year after we adopted our boys, we took them to a uh, an indoor water park. You know, one with all the every all the families and very busy. And uh, my wife and I were, and and the boys were all kind of hanging out on the lazy river. And uh, after a little while, the boys decided that they wanted to go over and kind of play in the basketball pool. And the wife and I decided to hang out there for a little bit longer. So we floated around the pool another time or two and decided to go join them. Um, when we got over there, uh, we noticed our boys um, were with another group of people that were of, of Latin descent, um, which we are not, uh, my wife and I. And so we saw the boys over there playing basketball and having a good time. And uh, we entered the pool, started to kind of head that direction when our boys sort of looked at us and gave us that look that says, I love you, Dad, but please don't come over here. Hmm. And in that moment, that was hard. Um, You know, there's so many different emotions that were going through my mind, everything from, of course, uh, you know, I should be over there. I'm your dad. Of course, you know, all these different things. But uh, ultimately, I I didn't. I I decided to kind of wait. And uh, during that moment, I I realized a few different things that that God kind of showed me as I thought about it is uh one firstly is that you know i should give them that moment they were there with a group of people of latin descent and uh ultimately based on our ethnic and cultural differences they were always gonna feel comfortable in that setting um and you know our family because of our ethnic differences anytime we go somewhere we're kind of we stick out people see us people notice us And in that moment, that was a moment for them to blend in um, Mm. and to just be there and and to be in that environment. And uh, the moment we would have stepped in, that would have that would have cut that chain. And uh, so we we decided to kind of sit back and and wait. And um, but as I thought about it, um, God just kind of showed me a few different things. One was was that was letting them stay there and, and be in that moment. Um, and then secondly, and, and most importantly, was I kind of began to remember all the times that I should have and planned on spending time with my Heavenly Father, um, but chose not to based on different things that were going on or chose to to remove myself from, from that time. Um, and he just kind of showed me that 
we all go through that. We all have that time. And uh, although he wanted, uh, he wanted to be with me and I, I had made that choice. And so he gave me that freedom to have that time and God didn't push himself into those situations and that I shouldn't push myself into that situation either. Um, I should just let the boys have that time. And then when that was said and done, then when we would come back together and that I would just love them the same when we did have our time together. Hmm. Thank you, Dustin. That was a really good story and a really awesome perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. So that got me thinking of kind of what would, what would I do in that situation too? (laughs) You know, if, uh, if quest was off plan and gave me this look of, don't come over here. You will embarrass me or <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to blend in. Go away. <laughs> you know, man, it, I would just, I would feel crushed, but not mad. Yeah. You know, I would, it's, it, there's that, that loving overflow would just lead me to just wait for that time for, for it, her to come back yeah. or her to be ready to mm-hmm. accept me. That kind of, Kind of same feeling. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. 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 It's that uh, knowing like, hey, you know, I, I want to be with you, but uh, you're making that choice right now. And so I need to let you make that choice. Hmm. So, And would you say that the choice was uh, like a bad choice? Like it wasn't like they were rebelling against you or like turning their back against you, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't that they were, you know, doing anything that was wrong. They just needed that time to fit in and they needed that time, um, just, just for themselves. And, uh, as a dad, I just had to recognize that and say, okay, I need to give you that time. And, uh, and then like I said, that, that was in that moment was when God kind of brought into me that, wait a minute, you know, he does the same thing with me. <laughs> So whenever, so after this happened, any conversation afterwards? Did you guys talk about it? No, actually we never did. Um, you know, that, that may have been a, it may have been a lapse on my part. You know, that probably would have been a good opportunity to kind of, to show that godly father perspective there. Um, but I, I didn't really talk to them about it. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, we just, just kind of let it, let it go. And my wife have, and I have discussed it over the years, uh, the last couple of years, a time or two, um, um, with other, uh, like other adoptive and foster families. And they've been in similar situations, you know? Um, but we, we never actually talked with the boys about it. We just kind of let that, let that go. <laughs> kind of a, kind of an unspoken. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's an unspoken thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, while in the moment that was hard, um, like I said, I look back at that and I see, uh, you know, that God taught me a valuable lesson there. Um, and, you know, hopefully that is what transcends through this um, as far as, you know, what I'm able to show the boys, that that's a message that they will learn and see. Dustin, what would you say to him? Well, now I would probably say something different than I would have said at the moment then. <laughs> But um, I think if I was going to say something to them, I would just say that um, that I understand that they needed that. Um, And that while that did hurt, I I understand that 
that was just something that they needed at that time that um you know we understand that we we're in a different situation and we with our family dynamics we rarely get to fit in and so um that uh I, i'm glad that they did get the opportunity to have that yeah. Okay, sorry guys. <laughs> You're good. Bye, Kimchi. It's, it's a dad. It's a dad podcast. We can't yeah. really. You don't have to apologize. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when we're thinking about this story and we zoom out and we look at the perspective from our Heavenly Father, so what kind of situation that we're kind of imagining is our Heavenly Father who desires to be with us, commune with us, to love on us, and... Well, to be our delight, right? To be our delight, exactly. For us to focus on Him and not be a part of this world, be in the world, but not of it. And when we get distracted or we get, um, we want to focus on the world or we want to focus on ourselves while that would potentially dishearten God, or he would not be pleased with it. He is patient and graceful in those moments so that when we do turn to him, he is quick to forgive and allow us back in. Yeah. But I guess, you know, whenever I, I say that out loud, it almost makes it sound like the story that like there was a wrongness in there somewhere. Uh Right. I think you can see yep. it two ways. One is just how you described it, that our Heavenly Father is patient and gracious with us when we aren't where we should be. But then there's also moments where we might not be meditating on God's Word or praying to Him directly. We might be doing something that is totally not a spiritual thing at all. Um, but He's not like, we shouldn't feel guilty for doing other things in, in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, right. Brando, what you got? Yeah, I think uh, as I was listening to your story, like I was thinking about your heart as a father longing to be with your kids and uh, and thinking about our father's, our heavenly father's heart to, he longs to be with his children. Um, I was thinking of Zephaniah 3.17 which is a beautiful passage where it talks about the Lord exalts over us with loud singing. He delights. Um, he rejoices over his people with gladness. Um, God loves his people. He delights to be with his people. Um, Psalm 147 says, 
But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. And I think of God taking pleasure in his people. And like you said, Cameron, even when we're just doing human stuff, uh, I heard a, 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 a Bible teacher recently, this isn't scripture, but it's a scriptural idea. Uh, he was talking about sometimes we tend to let some Gnostic thought creep in where we think spiritual is good and physical is bad. Um, and that the ultimate hope of, of Christianity is to escape from the body. But that's not Christianity. God made us physical human beings because he wants us to be that. And he likes that. Right. Uh, C.S. Lewis said, you know, God likes matter. He made it. Uh, and I think um, God, if it's not sinful, God delights in seeing his creatures run around and do do their thing. Like... Um, when I'm working on my basement, like I was today, painting my floor joists black and getting black paint all over my face, uh, God, God enjoyed watching me do that, you know, cause <laughs> he delights in his people. Like, and I was, I was thankful in my heart for having a house. I was glad that things were going well. I wasn't sinning in that moment. So like, you know. It was okay that I wasn't necessarily, you know, my earbuds weren't loud enough to overpower the the sound of the paint gun. So I wasn't listening to anything or I was just painting, but God liked it. He He's like, he wasn't mad that I wasn't spending time with him instead. I don't think. Right. Mm-hmm. But then on the other, the, from that fatherly perspective, he may, he may not have been mad and you aren't shamed and guilted into it. But man, does he long for us to leave that and spend time with him. The True. moment that we can break from it and spend time yeah. with him again, that's what he's, he's longing to commune with us and, and to, to do that. And, but patient with us and allows us and, and is free and has joy in those moments seeing us do those things. But ultimately wants that relationship with us and to us to come back and, and, be in his presence. Yeah, true. In Ecclesiastes, um, which I don't recommend reading from start to finish in one setting, it's a little rough. (laughs) You just want to unplug and go home after that. (laughs) Yeah, but if you do stick it through, it'll be worth it. Um, But Ecclesiastes 3 uh, in that chapter, it talks about, you know, there's a time for everything. There's a season for everything, uh, for good things and for bad things, for happy things and for sad things. And uh, and one of the things that it kind of caps off in my mind, it says, uh, it says, I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And also he has put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. And also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil, for this is God's gift to man. And I think again in that scripture, there's this idea that Everything that we do, God has given that as a gift, and we should take pleasure in it, 
We should enjoy what God has given, um, knowing, like you said, like you pointed out, Matt, there's eternity in our hearts. So there's, we know there's something beyond this, but it's there in such a way that we can't know everything, you know, but, but we can enjoy the Lord and we can enjoy good things. Um, they're God's gift. Speaking of eternity, if I may jump in here, I was reading, um, I'm reading through Surprised by Hope, um, N.T. Wright's book, and he references Isaiah 65 and Isaiah 66, where we see these images of the new heavens and the new earth. And it's pretty awesome because you go through these passages and what is, uh, what is going to be in the new heavens and new earth? Uh, behold, my servants shall eat. Behold, my servants shall drink. Behold, my servants shall rejoice. Behold, my servants shall sing for gladness of heart. And so, like, there's just this enjoyment of life in the presence of God. And if this doesn't say, I don't know about you, but, you know, growing up, you growing up, I used to think heaven was going to be, or, or the future, whatever it was, was just going to be floating church services all the time. And like, I felt guilty because I wasn't excited for that. I was like, I should I want that? And then you read scripture and you realize, well, of course, everything is going to be in worship to God. Uh, but there's so much in just living and doing and the work of our hands. Uh, that's part of God's presence. And that's part of God's uh, future glory that he has to reveal to us. When he returns, glorious. That's good. It even says it even says they'll build houses and plant vineyards. You know, <laughs> in his glory, like when he when he takes us and brings heaven to earth. So it's it's great. We'll hang out and sit on the front porch of a coffee shop with N.T. Wright and G.K. Chesterton and C.S. Lewis and other authors that use letters for their first names. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be awesome. <laughs> That's a requirement. <laughs> R.C. Sproul and J.I. Yeah. Packer. And J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> he added an extra letter because he's extra good. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I should start going by B.M. Soche. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't do that. <laughs> You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do a pin name. (laughs) Okay. BS. (laughs) BS. I mean, (laughs) my parents cursed me with really bad initials. (laughs) Mine's MF. Oh boy, you poor guys. I would say like an encouragement to to dads who might feel, uh, I mean, certainly we want to set standards and expectations for spiritual conversations, for spiritual moments and, and modeling that for our kids. But, uh, 
if if you're feeling like you're just too rigid in that and and there's a lot of guilt in your in your fatherhood and your parenting um to just enjoy the fun of of having your kids uh in your life and um if they want to watch a disney movie just enjoying those two hours with them and not feeling like it's a waste because it's, you know, maybe something different there, you know, worldview wise or little perspective here or there, but just soaking in those moments because um, my kids are young, but I'm already feeling the weight of, of just how quickly the moments pass. None of us, Dustin have, Experienced. I don't think our kids are old enough to where they're too independent yet. Uh, uh, Asher, my six-year-old, is just now getting to a point where he's uh, starting to want to do things and not really want me involved. Uh, just the other day, he was kind of looking at something. He was here in the schoolroom, and he was doing something and I came in and was like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, I don't, I don't want you. I don't want you to look. I don't want you to just go away. Like, oh, okay. Um, but, uh, I'm really curious what, uh, application and insights you might have Dustin. Cause, uh, you're probably experiencing a lot of things just the fact that you have older kids. Um, I was a teacher for several years, so I mean, I've dealt with kids, but they weren't my kids. Uh, it's a different world. So I think for me, you know, kind of what I took away from from this uh, was a couple things. Is um, number one, when when my kids give me that opportunity, when they do, you know, because as they get older, you know, they kind of want that less and less I think um, but when they do give when they do have that moment of either I can come in and say hey what are you doing can I do it with you because um, you know as they get older and get more independent they start doing more things on their own but if I can take that opportunity um, rarely ever do they tell me no you know um, and so it's a matter of it's a matter but but they don't always initiate i think and that's the big thing when they get older whereas maybe when they're younger they come to you and say hey come do this with me um and so if i don't initiate that time then it starts to to get less and less and i'll notice a week go by where i'm like oh man i have hardly spent you know spent time with my boys and made memories that we're going to remember um and so that's i think that's been the big thing for me is just knowing like Hey, you know, they're not necessarily going to initiate that time, but I'm going to make the effort to initiate that time and uh, we'll go from, we'll, we'll use that to the fullest that we can. Hmm. Right on. That's a great insight. And that made immediately made me think of how often does God do that to us? <laughs> He's put, putting us in environments <laughs> yeah. and situations and messaging on our heart of, Hey, can I do this with you? This life thing yeah. that you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throws things yeah. in front of us that is just saying, "Hey, I'm here, and I want to do this with you." You know, where yeah. he's yeah. initiating a whole lot because if left to our own, we would just do it all. We would try and do it all on our own, and, and probably, you know, mess up and you know, come running back. But he wants to. He wants to be involved. It's good. Yeah, and thankfully, he's not like uh, 
He's not like us earthly dads where I'm thank I'm so thankful for my wife who uh when I get engrossed in something that's pretty trivial, she she <laughs> comes over and will nudge me and say, Hey, uh, why don't you go play with the kids? Like <laughs> Asher's over there like running around in circles. Why don't you go see what that AD's doing? And so I'll I'll go over there and yeah, I mean Yeah, being reminded Hey, go. Let's go take some initiative to uh, to seek after those kids. It's not that I don't love them and delight in them. It's that I get distracted and caught up. You know, I'm I'm just a big kid myself. I'm feeling a little bit of urgency because, like right now, um, Levi's not talking, but like Lucas is saying every day, multiple times a day, "Come play with me. Come play with me," and like. He, he, Dustin, hearing you talk about like with your boys, there's not always that uh, initiation from them, and it just hit me like there's gonna be there's gonna come a time where Lucas isn't going to say, "Dad, come spend time with me." Verbally, he's probably uh, hopefully always gonna crave that from me, but but boy, like sometimes that call to me uh, can get annoying if I'm doing something else, and sometimes we're doing important things and we can't go play when they ask, so. But boy, that urgency of like when he stops asking is probably gonna really, really hit me hard one day. Like he's not asking me to play with him anymore. How many times did I hmm. just put junk over those times? So that's that's working on my heart for sure. Yeah, this is a multi-level application, Dustin. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of a lot of really good good perspective here. Yeah of being grateful for the moments that we're in. Um, if you got kids that are initiating it and wanting to spend time with us and, um, and also being graceful and patient. If our kids are wanting to blend in and be with their friends a little bit and um, feel kind of comfortable and, and know that you're going to be with them and be ready that next time to initiate and, and spend time with them when they're ready. Good stuff. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. I and Cameron, I feel ya. Oh my gosh. I I think Quest asked me to play with her probably. <laughs> you know, I mean, I get home at like five thirty yeah. and she goes to bed around nine. Yeah. She probably asked me to play with her like a hundred times. I tell her no like ninety nine <laughs> times. Well, and like sometimes they need to like for you, you Quest is the, is the, uh, the only child there other than the cat and the dog, right? And, right. and Lucas, you know, he's got a, a little baby brother that really can't play with him much. So to a degree, it's good for them to learn to the, they can go play by themselves, but uh, mm-hmm. they shouldn't have to play by themselves all the time if, yeah. if we're there. You know, and well, like I mean, like I walk in the door, like I'm just like got home. I walk in the front door. Hi, Daddy, come play with me. I'm like, yes, well, just yes. Patience. You go to your room. And I'm still in yeah. work mode. Give me five minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> or if I say, give me, give me a minute, and then like I go and maybe I start dinner or something. She's like, you're you're starting dinner. You said you were gonna play with me. You lied. If like. Oh man! Okay, I'll just—I'm just gonna stop cooking this dinner. I'll just play with you. Here, everybody, everybody's eating McDonald's tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs>
get started, I can't let it go, is the Plandemic video that is circulating. Oh, Guys, have you seen this yet? Get, get, no, give, me my, minute, uh, give me your one minute. I want to hear this. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's just um, w- very well-produced conspiracy theory video. And it's just um, – it's, it's really – it's well produced. That's about the only good thing going for it. Um, but I'm just, I'm. Re- it really makes me sad how um, quickly it's being um, spread and shared. And um, you know, I um, I didn't know about it until somebody texted it to me, said, "Hey, check out this video. I wanted to hear your thoughts on it." And you know, as I was listening to it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, there is there one statement." that they make every like three, three, 30 seconds, one minute or so is like this tiny thread of truth, but then they thread it through a weave of conspiracy theories that have no base for truth. And I'm like, Oh man, this is so it's, it's really misleading. Cause there's some things that I'm like, yeah, there isn't a good treatment for coronavirus, but the logical conclusions that they pull from that are not, we're not accurate, but um, and then since then, since that text, I have heard about it more and more, and I've now seen more videos posted. I've seen them, some discussion on nursing boards, and you know, a lot of people talking about it. And um, it's just, it's been on my mind that it's it's it, conspiracy theory videos like that just sweep through social media, that kind of misinformation, and it's just. Um, when things are, I think the real, the, the deep, deeper kind of root to that is when things are sensational, they make us interested. And when we get interested, we dig in deeper and the more deeper we dig that we just hoard that information. And since it's sensational, it's not just ordinary. We want it or kind of will it to be more accurate or true. It's just in this kind of misinformation age. It's unless the headline grabs us or unless it's sensational, it's really not like worth talking about. And this is one of those where so many sensational claims do not lend to credibility. And actually, you know, I think when it comes to truth, the things that are more ordinary, especially things that are that we can find, you know, in scripture that are so well founded. That, you know, I know whenever we read things like C.S. Lewis and Chesterton and, and R.C. Sproul and Piper and all these guys, you end up, they end up coming to the same conclusions. There's nobody that's come up with some, you know, unlocked code that <laughs> nobody's had for thousands of years. Like, it's all ordinary general revelation and special revelation that is available to us, and really smart people make those conclusions and you just keep seeing that thread all throughout history of people you're like yeah you're basically saying the same thing as this guy but you know but that's not exciting man i know it's not yeah <laughs> have you not watched the left behind movies i mean come <laughs> revelation oh. unrevealed or revealed unraveled you're like no this <laughs> Wait, isn't that what revelation means <laughs> <laughs> So, there's my one minute. There's my rant. It's nonsense. And and Matt, your uh, your perspective on that should be respected, and we certainly do here because we know that you work in the medical field, and um, 
every position in the medical world is vital and important, uh, but your position especially of uh, influence and, and education and knowledge that you have, like you definitely have um, the authority to respond to a video like that. So I'm thankful mm -hmm. for that. The tough part about that from the conspiracy level is whenever I say this is nonsense, it's like, oh, he's part of the, yeah. he's part of the, part of the he's part of the conspiracy, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I gain to profit from the You're vaccination. You're part of the system. Yes. But um, I can't let it go. Um, so today I had a very, I, I have been, because of the stay-at-home orders, I have been doing a lot of renovating on my house, and uh, which I think a lot of people have been doing. I think, in fact, it's kind of ironic that uh, we've been told to stay home. We're told we can't have church, but there's like 400 people at Menards every day, all day. So, uh, you know, my church is a church of like 250 people. It's like, you know. We could just meet in Menards. And you could. You should try that. <laughs> but uh, is your church like fifteen hundred or twenty hundred square feet? No, Menards is or, a lot bigger than my church building. I what did I mean? Sure. Fifteen thousand, not fifteen hundred. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's really huge. I think they just built a brand new one here in South Bend, and I think it's bigger than the one there in Hollister. I'm telling you, you guys uh, all like, need to go together. Go to the yeah, upper go upper floor. <laughs> closer to God that way the upper room yeah yeah so like but today I was working on uh, I've been I've been uh, how do I say this right I have no words uh, we had a guy come in and help with fixing a leak in our bathtub and he fixed the leak it took uh, quite a bit longer than we would have wanted but he fixed it and then we had some dudes come in this morning to to uh, reglaze our bathtub, which I don't know anything about. And uh, so they they got done. And I was like, sweet. And um, I went in there to look at it and check it out. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And like the more I look at it, I'm thinking I probably could have done that, but. It's because it looks like it's just some really fancy, expensive oil-based paint of some sort. Um, but I noticed there's a plastic baggie like over the shower faucet. And I'm like, what's that doing there? So I pull it off and water pours out onto the wet paint oh, on my bathtub. Oh, Brando. And I thought I was going to die inside. Oh I was so stressed. Like, you guys, I can't even tell you how sad and mad and scared and, and just every emotion oh, was every negative emotion you can imagine was just all running through my body. And I told Marianne, and she's like, what is what have you done? And we're both just like, I'm just like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? She's like, take a deep breath. You need to calm down. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. What to do. I try calling the guy back. I'm like, and he doesn't answer. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I finally get a hold of him. And he, well, first Marianne was like, you need to pray. And I was like, you're right. And so I stop and I pray for a minute. I just ask the Lord for some wisdom. 
I call the guy again, and he answers. And he's like, hey. And I tell him, and he's like, that's no big deal. Uh, just get some paper towels and, like, try and soak up the water with, like, the corner of it. Don't dab it. Just soak up the water and uh, in the little puddles, and then uh, and it'll dry, and then I'll come and touch it up next week. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but, like, I was so thankful for his answer, but in the meantime, I was, like, having a panic attack because then, like, when I couldn't get a hold of him, I was like, uh, so that's $400 down the drain? Is that what I'm... Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> it's like, this is great. So, yeah, it was a really, that's been my day today, I guys. Hope, and I can't I hope you go. can let that go soon, buddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Whew. It's good to get that off my chest. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so my can't let it go was a week or two back. I was talking to my younger son. He was there, and I just kind of walked up to him, and I was like, uh, "So what's up?" And he said, "Your hairline." Nope. <laughs> I was totally not expecting oh, it, no. and I started laughing because I'm like, "Okay, well that's true. All right, all right, you know." Um, but the can't let it go part was because it was. I mean, it was legitimately, you know, it hurts, but it was legitimately funny, you know. And so we all had a good laugh of it, but you know, he's 12. So, uh, what that can changed into was I heard that probably 200 times over the next two weeks, oh, <laughs> no matter what you say, he just say your hairline and just, you know, for the first day it was funny, but, um, for the next like 13 days, it was like, okay, son, you've got to let that go. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, oh, we're man. all done with it. We, we just need to move on. It was funny, but we need to move on. So, <laughs> that's great. Oh man, that would be my uh, that would be my please let it go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think we just got a new segment. Something our kids won't let go. <laughs> yeah, man, that's good. Cameo. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this time around what mine would be. Um, you guys shared your Final Fantasy uh, fantasies. <laughs> yeah, uh, was it last time or the time before that you were so excited about the new game coming out? Um, me and my brother CJ are playing through Halo right now, uh, slowly but surely, trying to get through all the Halo games. So that's been fun. Just kind of going back to I don't know how over, however old that game is when it first came out. Just remembering where I was, who my best friends so like, were back just then. Just like two years old. Just. Yeah, it was just yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty, probably almost yeah. what, 10, 15 years that game first came out. But like thinking about those moments and and uh, it's fun, fun to see where you've come from and how something like a book or a painting or like a movie or even a video game can kind of uh, just bring such such fun and special memories. It's yeah. kind of a cool thing. So I I. I, I should let that go. I, like I'm not like addicted to it, but I guess that's mine for, for sentiment. I really like that game. It's a hug. It's a hug you don't want to let go. Right. It's true. I just it's I true. just looked it up. That game came out in 2001. <laughs> we're, we're coming up on 20 years. years. Wow, that's nuts. That is pretty. That'll nuts. make you feel old. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I sitting in my that. best friend's basement. 
playing that game. We rented it at the video game store and played it all night long. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Abba Father Podcast. You can connect with like-minded community at facebook.com slash Abba Father Podcast. Also, take 30 seconds to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, dads, Romans 8.15, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba Father. Dustin, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you on today. You brought such a great and unique perspective. We'll see you all later.